Number one means you're always on top. You're on the number one. I'm Evan Maindonald, CEO of Melt Property. I'm Andrew Ward. I'm the founder of Solomon New Homes. I'm Kavitha Vipulanda, and I'm the director and founder of Valora. I'm Lloyd Edge from Oz Property Professionals. I'm Sim Sekon, MD of Legal for Landlords, and you're listening to The Naked Property Investor. Coming up on this week's Naked Property Investor. What you want to try and do is you can have a mix of things like that, but it doesn't really matter. An investment is an investment. If it's producing yield and it's producing growth, then you should go for it. And also... Variation is is key, but when you start messing with a formula that works, that's when you tend to get into trouble. Hi, I'm Mario Carozo. I'm the CEO of the Caridin Group, and you're listening to the Naked Property Investor. Check it out. From the Property Investor Studios, welcome to the Naked Property Investor with your host, Kizzy Nakwacha. Kizzy is the publisher of the Property Investor magazine, Money and Finance, and Business Game Changer. Kizzy is also the editor of the successful Property Investment book series and the founder of the Property Wall of Fame. Every week, Kizzy and his guests provide you with the vital tools you need to take your property business to the next level. Now, meet your host, your mentor, and the godfather of all things property, Kizzy Nakwacha. Hello and welcome to the Naked Property Investor. This week I have the privilege of spending some time with James Stanton, Property Director and Managing Partner at Hoxton Property. Now Hoxton Property is a business at the forefront of property investment and they aim to make your dream of having the perfect property portfolio a reality. In just a few minutes, I'll be talking to James to uncover his secrets of property investment success. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Tuan Dung from Tax Quantity Surveyors. You're tuning into The Naked Property Investor. Thanks for dropping in. This week, I'm in the studio with James Stanton, Property Director and Managing Partner at Hoxton Property. But before we introduce James, I've been reminded to tell you that Kizzy's Luxury Property Magazine is producing its annual showcase of the Top 10 Outstanding Property Specialists 2020. Now, this showcase covers all disciplines from commercial and residential developers to design, finance and property marketing. To be eligible for the award, the specialist must work in one of the following regions, the UK, Europe, Australia or the US. For information about how to nominate yourself, a colleague or a client for inclusion in the top 10 outstanding property specialists, email editor at klpmag.com. That address one more time is editor at klpmag.com. That's it. Job done. Bills have been paid. James, it's amazing to have you join me. Thanks for having me, Kizzy. Real pleasure. Before we get started, um, can you give us an overview of Hoxton Property? What do you do and what makes you so special? Um, Well, in a nutshell, effectively, um, it's kind of identifying that gap in the the UK property market for foreign investors mainly um, to invest in a, I say, ever-changing landscape for property, but a quite a robust market 
in uh, in the property sector. So we allow clients to invest from overseas um, and yeah, basically taking advantage of the good growth and the good yield in the UK property market. Um, and obviously, evidently at the moment, it's uh, it's really sort of hammering home that that exact uh, notion as the property market is getting stronger and stronger. So yeah, our aim is to bring investments to clients where they can take a passive income um, through retirement or, or even now. And, and obviously get some good growth and, and look to potentially um, leverage their properties up and buy more in the future. So our goal is just putting it onto the other part of holistic financial advice where property should be a big part of that. I love that holistic financial advice that element because it, just, it kind of suggests that it's a, a complete picture as opposed to just focusing on one aspect of property investment. Yeah, a, a, a holistical advice. I mean, because a part of the Hoxton group, obviously Hoxton Capital are mainly focused on uh, the pensions arena and obviously the the, the savings arena. So bringing in property as part of the group and adding Hoxton property a part of that, it really sort of rounds off that whole holistical approach. So that's kind of, I think property should be in any portfolio um, because it's quite, you know, again, without sort of, you know, you know, niching or, or, or giving a cliche, but safe as houses, that phrase comes for a reason. And having property, having investments within that property um, in a property portfolio is definitely something every client should aim to have um, as part of their overall um you know, criteria and portfolio moving forward. Very wise words. Well, let, let's um, let's pick your brains a little bit, James. Mm. Uh, let's talk about the secrets of successful property investment. Yeah, bear, bearing in mind your many, many years of experience um, in the, in the business, have you been able to identify any any habits that successful property investors share? What do they do that we should all try to emulate? Um, I think one of them is is having the 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 ability to. Um, overlook certain areas where, you know, the, the main mistake that people tend to make is looking at an investment as something they're going to live in for a home. So if you're looking at an investment as something that, oh, I don't like that area, I don't particularly like that, you don't get too far in investment terms. You know, it's not all about um, the frill, luxury hotel uh, lobby lifestyle. It's about identifying a project and seeing the potential growth in the area and building a portfolio based on that. Now, looking past sometimes, you know, there is no frills investments involved in property in some instances, but it's allowing one to look at something, look at a project and see that there is going to be significant growth over time. It's in a high yielding area and using leverage to obtain that as well. So, you know, not utilizing all of your cash position, looking at um, a 30% cash position uh, and an LTV of 70%. Uh, and looking at leveraging over an interest-only period where you can buy multiple properties in different areas to um, obviously spread your investment risk as well. But yeah, leveraging and being able to look past certain aspects of property investment because anyone can buy a luxury development in, in London that potentially is overpriced because you've got you know bells and whistles attached to it. You need to be looking at the actual um return on investment and that's what separates the the successful investors to the ones who have two or three and they produce lower yield and there are in the same areas so you know look at leveraging and look beyond that luxury luxury property home you've got to be able to look at the growth perspective and the long-term future in it as well okay that makes perfect sense so basically try to uh, get step away from my ego and um, don't focus so much on on the nice shiny things but look at the figures ego is exactly the right word to describe that it's completely that it's it's is it property ego is is a huge part of that and you couldn't have said it better that's exactly exactly what i mean when i talk about that 
it's taking away that that aspect and looking at it from a pure investment perspective. Um, now, I want to approach my property investment as a business professional so that I can establish and, and achieve short and long-term goals. James, how important is is it for me to have a business plan? For property, it is, it's huge. But the, the idea of that, you, you can come to someone like myself with a plan um, already together, which is great. Um, but what we tend to do is we will formulate and add it, add to that plan, or we'll get a plan with you together. We'll create a plan for you. If you have a five year or 10 year goal aspiration, we will say, we want to add one property a year to get your, you know, your passive income retirement level. I don't know, to say 50,000 a year when it comes into passive income through rentals. And we will get there by doing this. And we can do that by remortgaging at this level. We can do this by adding on taking our equity from here. If you come with me with a plan, that's brilliant. But what I'd always want to do is I want to create a plan together. So we can be on the same path when we're trying to achieve goals. The best thing you can have with a client is, you know, achieving goals with them and also setting out realistic goals. Because sometimes clients will be, not say unrealistic with their aspirations, but we need to make sure that we, we're going to be on target for those. And how quickly and how efficiently we get there is important. So I don't want to ever put into, you know, any uh, wrong um, aspirations to clients' heads. We're going to make these goals together and we're going to formulate a plan that is going to work, not something that potentially is, you know, blue sky and hope we get there. We, we go for plans that are definitely going to work and achieve their goals for the clients. And that's what I want our clients to be open-minded about. I'm happy to look at ideas with you, but, you know, if you're coming to me, my job as a professional is to put you in that, tar in that target range for you. So, I, I, I'm, I'm interested in having client thoughts on it, but I want to get this edited and, you know, doing, doing it together. So if a client comes to you with an idea or a vision of what they want to achieve in, let's say, 10 years time, mm -hmm. your job then is to find practical ways to realize those goals whilst also managing their expectations. A hundred percent. Managing expectations couldn't be, you know, any the better way to say it. You have to, most clients are not under the illusion that certain things happen, but you remember there is, there is void periods in certain issues. There is costs involved with doing things. So we have to, we analyze everything from that. So it's not just here's your property, here's your yield, here's your growth. No, no, we do cash flows for each individual development with clients to show you the associated costs that come with it, to give a real return on investment, a net end figure as opposed to a gross figure. It's important to always do that because gross is not is a, is a made-up figure. It's not an actual figure that you're going to get. So we do everything net so the client is completely in the uh, the right sort of frame of mind and also in the right um they look at it from the right factual point that that is exactly what they're going to get, not a gross figure minus fees. And then they come to you and say, well, hang on, this is what you said before. We do everything net. So the client is uh, completely in tune with what um, their, their goals are and uh, what their aspirations are too. Okay. So as you're talking, I'm taking notes here so that I can remember all of this uh, later on. Um, I, I'm thinking to myself now, okay, I understand this about managing my expectations and making sure that I understand how the figures work. But the reality is, James, that I, I just want to generate a good return for my investment. Mm -hmm. Should I should I be looking at uh, apartments or houses? It depends. It really depends. I mean, look, at the end of the day, if you can find, I mean, our core product at the moment, we've changed our sort of tact on things, and that is offering completed uh, stock, some of them tenanted already. 
if you have a completed stock which is tenanted and it's already producing a yield, it doesn't really matter if it's a if it's a house or an apartment. You what you what you want to try and do is you can have a mix of things like that, but it doesn't really matter. An investment is an investment. If it's producing yield and it's producing growth, then you should go for it. If it is, we look to try and obviously diversify that portfolio with areas. So I wouldn't be putting you know you know ten ten apartments in one area for one client. We try and spread that investment risk because look nine times out of ten, you know when in any investment you know one area of look at equity funds one area performs better than others. So with property, you're going to have areas that perform better than other areas too. So it's always best to have a diverse portfolio. Now that can be with houses and apartments, or it can just be solely uh, one or the other in different areas. So it doesn't really matter as long as it's producing a yield and it has a track record of producing a yield. Then I see no reason why you should ever look to have you know a split portfolio. You can have one or the other, or a, a mixture of both, or one. You know, as long as it as long as it's producing that that income and that growth, it doesn't really matter. It's an investment at the end of the day, and our job is to make money, and your job is to have money from from these investments. So I don't really care where. Where it is and what it's doing, as long as it's my is producing what I said it would be for my clients, and if it's doing that, I'm doing a good job. Okay, I'm now excited. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm thinking to myself now. I, I know that um, if I talk to someone like you, I've got a better, I got a better chance of realizing my goals. But it, but now I'm stuck because I'm thinking about my goals. Should I be exploring um, high end residential or low income multi unit housing or even? Mm-hmm rural farm properties how important is it for me to develop a niche you know and focus on one area and have a, a a proper understanding of that area or should i just sort of you know just have a scattergun effect and just try and get as many of as as varied a portfolio as possible yeah i think i think it's it's very difficult to become a sort of overnight sensation property investor so by using or utilizing a service like we do um it gives you the tools to obviously start your um your journey um from from day one now we don't just sell the run-of-the-mill investment units that you know most other people do. We do do HMOs. We do source developments for clients. We do the whole turnkey solution. So if a client is specifically interested in an area and they've already had experience in that, I will find them something which matches their um, their dreams and their goals with their investment expectations as well. So if you said to me, Kizzy, you wanted to look at farmhouses or something, you know, I'd look at certain stock that we have that's producing that. Like it depends really what how the client wants to do things. But nine out of 10 clients say to me, James, I want to make money. I want to make money through property. How do we do this? And we go through a plan of how we're going to do that. So variation is is key but when you start messing with a formula that works that's when you tend to get into trouble so the formula that we have that works putting clients in areas of growth and yield that have existing track records of it i don't really see why i'd mess with the formula too much you know uh unless someone has a really specific need for it um so yeah i don't mess with the formula if it's it's producing money for the clients we don't we don't tend to to mess about with it i was talking to a friend of mine a couple of days ago and he was saying that um if i'm looking to invest in property maybe i should be focusing on off-plan developments you know properties that haven't been built yet um Mm -hmm. because the idea is if i can get in early and and make a, a really good bid then the chances are I may be able to maximize my investment in the future. But that sounds pretty risky to me if a property hasn't been constructed. Yeah, well, we do we do sell a mixture of, of completed and off-plan developments. Now, 
We've changed our, our tax slightly, as I said at the beginning of the conversation, to look at completed developments or close to completed developments. And that's only because of COVID. I know you said you're going to touch on this um, in, in, on a bit anyway, but I think the, the problem is what, what COVID-19 has uh, presented to us is obviously lack of people in the working environment. And that obviously came to construction as well. So delays on developments and things is natural. So we, had, we have sold a lot of off-plan stuff and off-plan obviously allows you to take growth while it's being built allows you to park your cash and obviously wait for um, the growth factor to come in obviously you lose out on the passive income in the meantime but essentially there is a better chance of getting higher growth when it's finished so in 18 months time you probably be going to be looking at anything up to 15 to 17 percent growth just on the developments in the areas that we specifically have gone to as well so there is that aspect which is great um but at the moment my risk i'm i'm my risk uh, attitude has changed and i've i've done that as a as a as a director for the company to look at are completed developments and close to completed developments because I don't want to put clients into a situation where, you know, we're heavily invested in off-plan developments and they've been delayed by a year because of skeleton accrues or local lockdowns, shutdowns, etc. So answer your question, it, before this, yes, I would have, I would totally look at off-plan events for all my clients because it's, it's worth looking at and having a mixture of off-plan and completed. However, right now, my risk my risk attitude is I'm looking at completed or very close to completed because of the fear of local lockdowns and delays for my clients. So I hope that answers the question <laughs> as much as I could in that one. It really did, yeah. And I'm just wondering, you know, because there's so much uncertainty as to whether or not we're going to be heading towards another series of lockdowns, whether that's likely to change anytime soon. Um, I, I don't, I honestly don't know. Um, I, I think... I mean, I'm, I'm quite a, I'm quite a, um, I'm very pessimistic towards the government's attitude towards COVID-19. So I have a very different outlook compared to everybody else, maybe. But I think they've they've massively overreacted in certain aspects of it, and I think the the problem will tell in the in the you know the, the commercial sector in in sort of months to come. Uh, property's been doing great; it really has. It's been it's just one of the only asset classes which has remained and gone you know soaring up. But the, the overall landscape at the moment, it is riskier for clients to look at um, off plan now. There's nothing we can do beforehand because no one foresaw, the, they had the gift of foresight and saw this coming. So what we can only do now is protect um, new clients coming into, um, into the property arena, investment arena. And by issuing them, the reason that we're looking at this in particular is because we don't want, we, we can't foresee the next lockdown. We can't foresee the next, you know, ridiculous rules of government measures is going to be put in place and that could potentially delay your investment so we've just taken a personal uh, i've taken a personal choice in this company we've up to my investment board as well that we'll be looking um, to put clients uh, into completed or close to completed units as of now that will change as and when we have the directive from the government that we're not going to have you know potential local lockdowns but i don't really foresee that landscape changing in the next six months for sure oh for the benefits of having a crystal ball huh? mm, yeah well, we, we, we talked about covid and i guess we must uh, explore it in slightly more detail um mm -hmm. Property markets experience huge changes in the wake of COVID-19. James, what, in your opinion, has been the most significant changes? Um, of, well, the stamp duty um, holiday is, is, is huge, but that hasn't, that's, that's only accelerated the growth in the market. So it, it hasn't actually been a bad thing. The, the only sort of negative connotation that I can 
related to COVID with the property market is probably the commercial landscape. So the commercial property landscape has most certainly changed because um, office workers have been, you know, been working from home. And now even now you're going to have situations where they're going to be working two or three times a week from home. So companies downsizing their office space. So that that factor from commercial um, leasing is what's been affected. But residential, no, I mean, that's been soaring. So it's, you know, I can't. I can't really say anything bad for COVID for the from for, for a business point of view for myself. Um, from a from a livelihood aspect, yeah, it's obviously you know you know dire. But from a property uh, from a residential uh, point of view, it's been superb because they, the 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 way that they've um, they brought in the stamp duty holidays accelerated the growth through the market. It's turned the cogs more, and it's you know it's freed up some space and it's given um, growth. Now whether that is artificial growth until the stamp duty holiday ends it will be you know remain to be seen however the market was already doing very well before this so i just think it will just adjust itself slightly we still see growth after this but it'll just be a slower uh, form of growth not the accelerated growth we've seen the turbocharge to the market that we've seen in the last um two months or so well let's talk about the near future do you think um, VR technology, uh, remote viewing of properties and online auctions are here to stay? <laughs> Probably. I mean, I hope not because it sounds it's, it takes away a lot of uh, jobs for people. But, you know, in the in the in the short term and, and long term, I don't I don't see why those things won't take off a bit more. Um, but it's nice to I think it's still nice to have that face-to-face relationship whether it's with an agent or investment um house or something i still think it's nice to have that but most of my meetings are conducted on zoom and and microsoft teams these days so i don't i don't see why that wouldn't become a thing that is normal i don't want to see that but it's very hard to see past that becoming normal it's strange because a couple of years ago if you'd said to me you know it's going to be it's going to be a new normal where people would view properties online and they'll talk to the estate agent through zoom or skype Mm -hmm. and then later on they may i would have said that's crazy why would you want to do that but now yeah I'm, i'm thinking well maybe that is a good way of doing things yeah, new normal is a word I hate, but yeah, it's that is is the then sorry phrase I hate. It's uh, but it is that is completely right. So I think you know the the things that you thought at the beginning of this year that would be crazy if someone said at the end of twenty twenty we would be doing this. You'd have said no, get out of here. Um, but now, yeah, I couldn't see anything more normal than than those than those uh, those added those added things that we take for normal life these days. Now, how do you envisage the real estate market? adapting or changing over the course of the next year or so um i think the uk market will stay relatively strong we have a shortfall in the uk of housing anyway it's about three hundred thousand a year so we have a still a major shortfall in in property so the demand is quite high corporation tax is still pretty low so there's a lot of there'll be you know leaving the eu's presented opportunities for businesses to come to the uk you know, businesses bring workforces and workforces need houses and places to live. So I don't see the market changing, the landscape changing for UK property anytime soon. Um, you know, it's still, an, it's still a massive hub and, you know, we're still a huge economy. So from that aspect, I don't see any any sort of changes. Um, 
only changes technology wise like you just mentioned to to the to the potential viewing scape but you know from my perspective we don't do that we sell we sell the units that uh, you know we, the clients invest uh, through ourselves you know through telephone or, or via you know uh, pictures and, and and video recordings that we do so it's not really change it's not going to change much from my um, from my end um, but the overall property landscape I don't see changing that much I just see it continuing its, uh, its 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 growth upwards because of the shortfall and because of the potential of companies you know setting up shop in the UK and bringing their huge workforces how much of this optimism is your natural personality because yeah. um, you, you you seem to radiate confidence um, with every single sentence that you utter is, is this your personality or is this something yeah potentially no, but yeah I think if you if you think if you have a if you have a pessimistic outlook on life you tend to you know attract negativity anyway but i don't this is not this is not blind optimism this is this is this is optimism that i've i've seen in the market and and the shooting the green shoots from covid for property have been have been great so i don't it was great before and we're now in a pandemic and it's still great so i don't i can't see any bad in it for 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 my industry i mean it's there's obviously terrible things happen to other people's industry and we're ravaged by it but i do think there is there's significant changes that have been happened because of this and that will make any business in the future better because we're we're better equipped to dealing with things uh, from from home or dealing with things in uh, remotely so no I, I i think optimism you should you should adapt any part when you can see green shoots like i have in in my industry but also in the world economy as well and maybe you know the way that people deal with each other now as well might be slightly, 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 slightly better than it was before. So yeah, no, I, 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 there's reasons to be optimistic from my point of view. A much welcome optimistic note um, to conclude our conversation. I've just got about enough time to go to our 30 second masterclass. Now don't panic. What this means is that you'll have 30 seconds or there and about to sum up the most important lessons our listeners should take away from our conversation. Are you game? Yep, sure. Why not? Fantastic. Okay, well, uh, 30 seconds uh, to sum up the most important lessons for our listeners. And the clock starts now. Yeah, I would, for anyone looking to invest in property, I would make sure that you have uh, the ability, as uh, Kizzy said, to take your ego out of it and look at areas where you're going to be looking at investment and growth only. Leveraging, where you can be looking to leverage most of your cash and not having to use all your cash position. Um, Effectively being able to see past um, different areas and different sort of algorithms of what th- what you think should be good as a property investor and listen to the experts and, you know, gain your own expertise from doing what they tell you to do. So if we have a plan in place, um, we'll be able to sort that for you. And, you know, look, we need to be looking at these things for when it comes to property you know these are the these are the crucial aspects of any investment that's got to be a contender for best summary of the year james that is excellent thank you so much um this conversation could go on and on and on but we have run down the clock i've got a note saying that we've got to get out of here um but i have got time to say it's been an amazing experience sharing this time with you and i want to thank you so much for sharing your insight and your wisdom on The Naked Property Investor. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. 